Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Desert Island Dishes with me, Margie Broughtet. My castaway this week is Alex Petridis. Alex is a seriously impressive guy. He was the first employee at Propercorn, the incredibly successful popcorn company, and he's now gone on to found his own company with his brother called All Plants. Now, All Plants is a plant-based food delivery company which is growing quickly and going from strength to strength. I really enjoyed chatting to Alex because he's just a really natural entrepreneur. He also definitely taught me something about what it is to be vegan and plant-based because Alex is so right. I think being vegan has been tied up with clean eating and it's all just got a bit confusing in people's heads. Well, (laughs) definitely in my head. As you will hear when I keep asking him about how to make something vegan, particularly with caramel, and then I kind of forget how to actually make caramel. (laughs) But I definitely got a better understanding speaking to Alex about what it actually means to be vegan And it doesn't mean that you also have to be gluten-free or sugar-free or that you're completely virtuous. You can be vegan and indulge in creature comforts. Also, listening back to this one was weird for me because I seem to do a dirty old man laugh at a few points, particularly when we talk about butter. (laughs) So I'm sorry about that. Um, If you like hearing people talk about delicious things, and the foods they love, with the occasional creepy laugh thrown in, I mean, who doesn't, then don't forget to subscribe. Now, on with the show. Alex, welcome to my car, aka the professional recording studio. Very fancy. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) So I thought, as the co-founder of All Plants, a very exciting company that I can't wait to hear all about, for fun, why don't we pretend that we're on Necker Island, I'm Richard Branson, and you've got the chance to give me your 20-second elevator pitch. Eating an all-plant-based diet, which basically means vegan, is the number one healthy option for both people and planet. Really, it's about how do we get there and how do we make it delicious and easy and nourishing for everyone. And that's where we started. So we've said, how can we get people or encourage people to try it in a way that doesn't sound like you're sacrificing on taste, is really full of like great nutrition so from protein to iron to b12 whatever you're looking for and we deliver it prepared to your door prepared plant-based meals basically and what we're looking to do from there is extend beyond that to different types of foods and just build more of a community about this is why plant-based living is the future of food and why it matters for both our planet and your health brilliant you've got it where do i sign so i think i'm right in saying that you've only been a vegan for about two years now yeah how did that come about Previous to doing All Plants, I was uh, part of a business called Propercorn, Mm -hmm. which is like the colorful little popcorn packs you'll see all around the country and across Europe now. I spent five years there as the first employee, which was really, really fun. And towards the kind of last year of that, I started to have the time to think more about our focus from a sustainability perspective and really just meeting lots of people along that journey, going to talks, seminars, reading, got me to realize that yeah, okay, there's lots, of, there's lots of issues when it comes to sustainability with food. There's food waste, there's uh, packaging. Um, I mean, there's so much plastic everywhere and that's, yeah. that's a mess. But, but ultimately, the thing that I learned was that really we can't survive as a species and as a planet. And that may sound as crazy as you want, but that's what I now believe. Um, if we continue to eat the produce of animals as aggressively as we are now, in my opinion, that means cutting it out completely because it's possible. You can cut it out. It is delicious. And if, if you can eat well and, and kind of live that way, then why not? 
Um, but ultimately, it's also just about saying, why not do it a couple of times a week or, or whatever? So I actually decided after I saw it, I went to Wired conference um, and there were a few talks that afternoon on the future of food. And I decided after that and after talking to a few friends that I would go vegan and basically that was it. I, you just I did it overnight. Did it. it was like kind of like a one day I was eating whatever and the next day I was vegan. And obviously, like in the last few years, there's been times where a little bit of milk, a little bit of cheese has snuck into my diet. I was going to say, does cheese always tempt you? It's less, it's less that it tempts me. I mean, it has a few times, but like it's more that it just sneaks in and you just, whatever. It's not, yeah. you can't beat yourself up, but it's, it's more about um, making the effort. And I guess just being about mindful about what your, what impact you're having both on your body and on, you know, the whole world where our food is produced and eaten and definitely do what you can do. Yeah. That seems like a good time to ask you about your first desert island dish of the day. And that is the dish that most reminds you of your childhood. Yeah. So, okay. My childhood, uh, my mom was an amazing, or she is an amazing cook. Not was, she is an amazing cook. <laughs> she used to be. Uh, and I used to love her lasagnas and I still do. And she now makes them vegan and they're awesome. Aww. Um, and she, she my, my whole family is basically now vegan. That's amazing. Uh, my brother, my sister, my dad, my mom, my dad's on the edge, but... So the lasagnas were always like a staple. Like once a week, she'd whip out an incredible lasagna. You can't beat a really good lasagna. And just like that tomatoiness, the bite, the gooiness, like the heat, the crisp on the top, everything's perfect. And actually, it took her quite a while to adapt that, to, to make it plant-based. Yeah. Um, and What's the secret to a great plant-based lasagna? I mean, there's the, the, the toughest thing is the bechamel on the top. So actually, we do, we do a couple of different bechamels at all plants. So we've got our moussaka which uses, we use coconut milk, uh, polenta flour and mix them together. It's quite, and, and with a bit of um, nutritional yeast. So it's got that cheesy element and it's very, it's quite thick and it really sits really well. And then we've also got with our lasagna, like a butternut squash bechamel. So like Ooh, there's lots of, sounds good. yeah, there's tons of ways to make that kind of thing, but it's, it's always, um, it's always interesting, but it, it reminds me of being a child and just sharing with the family and like yeah. chatting and, you know. Definitely. Getting to know my brother, who I now obviously run the business with. Yeah, of with. course. Oh, that's a really good option. I like that. So, all, at all plants, I know that you have a team of chefs who work with you, but what about you yourself? Are you a good cook? I'm not a, an amazing cook, but I do love to cook. So, like, you know, I, I cook regularly. I cook the last two evenings and make breakfast in the morning, whatever. Yeah, I love to cook, but I'm not any kind of, like, Michelin standard. And really, when we're making our, our recipes at all plants, we both bring in experts and get loads of feedback from friends who are Michelin standard or yeah. people who, we, who can mentor us in that way. That must be quite a fun process, like developing yeah. the menus and going through the dishes. Yeah, it's something that we're definitely, you know, working hard on at the moment. We, we launched with six dishes and we've, we've got that up to about 10 now. Where we want to get to is launching a lot, a lot more. So we're, we're kind of developing a bit of a taste council at the moment to really think about how we can uh, design dishes. Yeah, well, how do you apply? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just basically people who we really trust and who have had lots of experience in the industry just rock our taste buds with their yeah, knowledge. Sounds awesome. So what is the most popular dish? Ooh, okay. So our most popular dish is our cashew mac. So it's Ooh. like a mac and cheese, but obviously no cheese. And we use cashew nuts to make the kind of creamy sauce. And yeah, we top it with like roasted tomatoes and kale and roasted sunflower seeds as well. That it's, sounds amazing. Yeah, super delicious. I mean, the thing about people often think that vegan is about stripping back and clean eating. And that's totally not what we're about. We, no. It's about eating well, but at the same time, it's okay to be a little bit indulgent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's so true. I think that is the common misconception. But yeah. 
Okay, let's move on to the second desert island dish of the day. And that's the first mm. dish that you learned to cook. I'm not sure exactly on this. I mean, there was one when I was about, uh, I don't know, it must have been about 14. So this, this is way later, actually. I, I made a, a birthday card for someone out of Wheatos. Oh, wow. Um, which was bizarre. <laughs> I don't know why I started it. And so that, that, was a, that was an early experience. As in... Like you don't putting... want to know. You don't really want to know. But really, was really... there glue involved? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It, was, it wasn't edible. It was just weird. Um, no, but I think really when I was kind of, uh, I think eight or nine, I started baking cakes quite a lot. That's I probably had dishes before that, but cakes became a thing for me. Um, and I used to just bake once a week another like Victoria sponge or something like that. <laughs> Um, which, and and yeah. what were they like? They were, were they... yeah, they were great. I yeah. mean, <laughs> there, there was a couple. Of, and my mum used to help me a lot. And actually, she was in hospital once, and I was like, "Right, I'm going to bake her a cake and take it into hospital for her." Oh. And like, I was so happy with it. But then, I, when I made the icing, as opposed to you normally do, what is it like, uh, double the icing sugar to the butter yeah. ratio, and yeah. I doubled the butter to the icing sugar. <laughs> so it was. I mean, as yeah, a big butter fan, there was nothing wrong it was with fun. that. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. I mean, that's very impressive to be baking cakes at a young age. Are you still a I, good cake baker? I mean, no, to be honest, I really don't bake much anymore. <laughs> no. I actually made last week some uh, brownies, some vegan brownies, but that was the first time in a long while. What did you Maybe I'm getting your... back into it. What did you put in your vegan brownies? Ooh, there was like uh, dark chocolate and what do you mean? A, bla- a black bean? Oh, or no, 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 no. They were, they were just, no, they were just, just like normal, normal. normal. Oh. Yeah, pretty normal. I mean, the only substitution was like eggs. So I made flaxseed eggs. I mean, I have to say, I actually haven't met a sweet potato brownie that I like yet. Really? No. I have. Oh, have so you? Have to, have to okay. Oh, yeah, you please yeah. do. Okay, right. So talking about Propacorn, which you've already mentioned, obviously, hugely successful popcorn company. You were the first employee, and it's safe to say that you were instrumental in helping the brand grow from zero to three million packs of popcorn sold per month, which is quite extraordinary. But I wondered, what were the key things that you learned that you've been able to implement in starting up your own company? I think the first is really about culture. We were really lucky there. We managed to just build a great team of people who really supported and cared for and had fun with one another. Yeah. Yeah. At All Plants, we've made a decision that we'll do the whole end-to-end service. So we produce the food ourselves with our chefs in our kitchen. We run a warehouse. We also run like a head office team. And that's been pretty quick to set up. So having the prior experience on like how you build culture and how you just nurture everyone's personalities and make everyone very cohesive as a team, I think yeah. it's really, really important. Yeah, that's so true. So who was the first person that you employed at All Plants? Uh, what was the role? Yeah, yeah. so uh, we actually, beginning of last summer, we had Ellie, who's still like rocking it in our team. She joined as an intern just to help and learn while my brother was uh, running point and I was still trying to figure out exactly how or if I was going to be involved. And yeah, she was brilliant. She, she basically did a ton of things. <laughs> I can't even say, it's kind of when I started Propagorn, the same thing where you, you just are there to learn. So you're eager to just try your hand at everything, whether that's kind of bits of marketing, bits of operations and procurement and like, for us, one of the big things we had to do really early on was try and figure out how we were going to get really fresh frozen meals to people's doorsteps without them defrosting yeah. in a sustainable way. That is a huge task. Yeah. So obviously we're about sustainability and we couldn't use anything like polystyrene boxes or there's this thing going around at the moment called wool cool, which is obviously from wool. Yeah. Um, so that's something we, we don't believe in. And so we had to develop this 
this cotton-based liner, which is actually made from upcycled denim. That's very cool. Yeah, so so that's actually plant-based in itself, and it's both recyclable, reusable, and compostable. So yeah, it's, it was a really big thing, and she was quite instrumental in bringing that into fruition. That sounds awesome. Now it's time for your third desert island dish of the day, and that is the best dish you've ever eaten. Yeah, I mean, this is really hard because... You know, just trying to track back is, is a big, big catalogue there. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think the best experience of eating I've ever had, which I think I'm kind of changing the question a little bit, but it was one of my birthdays. I think I was about 22, 23. And I decided to have loads of friends around for a big dinner party and everyone had to bring a cocktail and, and make it themselves. But I obviously was going to do the food. And I actually had a friend at the time running a street food stand in Camden called Mr. Piadina. I went to him and I just said, look, I'm doing this dinner party. Can you make me some dough? And I, he made me like a massive mound of dough. It was like a huge rock I then took home. And we all just pulled bits of dough. And you, with Piadinas, they're kind of like, they're like Italian sam- pizza sandwiches. Okay, I was going to so, say, you're really ignorant. I just, sorry, sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like mini pizzas and you, you basically put them in a frying pan with no oil. And you kind of fry them like you would a pancake, but they they're breaded like a pizza and then you you put the topping inside and you fold them over. Yum. So they're kind of like Like calzone meets small pizza meets a sandwich. And everyone, we just had loads of toppings out. Everyone made their own. And then we just all shared cocktails and shared piadinas. Oh, that sounds like the best birthday ever. It was really fun. That's awesome. So many people dream about starting their own company. And I wondered, apart from the culture, what specific tips would you have for someone starting a food business? Should they just go for it or how should they approach it? It depends why you're starting it, I guess. Like if you're starting it because you're passionate, really deeply passionate about food, then awesome. Like go for it. Find find people who can support you, mentor you, who can give you loads of advice because you're probably making a really, really good product. But it is hard to then, depending on what you want to do, it's then hard to say, Okay, how am I going to get this into stores, or how am I going to how am I going to package this so it lasts the right amount of time and at the right price? And that that, that stuff's tricky. So if you're making, uh, if you're really interested and passionate about food and making a good product, find people who can help support you. If you're coming from the other side, like maybe you're interested in food waste and you're trying to figure out how you can buy, I don't know, waste vegetables and make turn them into smoothies that get packaged. Then I guess it's, it's the same kind of thing. Like, look who can help you is the most important thing at all yeah. points. I don't know. I feel like there's a common misconception that maybe starting a food business is kind of like an easy option. (laughs) And Mm. I don't know, people leave jobs in finance and then they just like dream that they'll just become the next innocent, which they might, of course, but it's definitely not as it's not an easy option. No, it's not easy. (laughs) I mean, you started a food business. I did. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard. (laughs) It's really hard. It is really hard. And yeah, you have to have a really good group around you. Yeah, I think that's a really good tip. Like yep. who are in the room, who are not in the room, who are family, whatever it is, just everything. Yeah. Okay, Alex, moving on to most important question of the day. What is your favorite sandwich? So I like sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> I really like sandwiches. And at the moment... Your face literally mm. lit up then. <laughs> well, because it's, the, it's a tough one. It's a really, really tough. But there's been this one sandwich that for some reason has me hooked and I never used to like Marmite. And I used to be okay. a hater up yeah. until about six months ago. And for the last six months, I've been eating quite regularly Marmite and avocado like toasties with a bit of lemon, a bit of salt, maybe some tomatoes in there. Marmite and avocado. Marmite and avocado toasties. Okay. And it's 
when you it say, melts real good. Wait, when you say toasty, so you put the marmite on bread mm. and then top it. Well, wait, you put no. First, wait. I also Sorry. okay. Add, back to basics. Well, I don't eat butter, but I eat some kind of dairy-free butter. Okay, um, I put that down first on bread. On bread, yeah, and then smash some avocado up, maybe some chili, salt, lemon, yeah. Like slop that on. Yeah. Nice, After the marmite. Nice and juicy. No, no. No. On the butter. Yeah. And then on the other slice of bread. Yeah. More butter. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, dairy free. We're talking. I love like you're looking at me like, here. duh, Margie. And <laughs> then loads of marmite. Yeah. And then just like crisping it on both sides. In the oven. Under the grill. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's I've really never good. heard of that before, but it's yeah, really I'm going to take your word for it because I feel like you know, I, you know I, good. I don't food. know where it came from, but it's good. It's it's everything you want. It's a bit of sweet, like uh, a ton of savory and... and ugh. Is it just, sorry, get very specific about the bread. Is it just normal bread? Like white bread? Oh, I mean, bread? usually I'm just going for some kind of, some kind of like wholemeal loaf. But okay. I would happely do it with any type of yeah. bread. <laughs> okay. Bagel. That, that is good. Piedina maybe. <laughs> anything. Oh my goodness. Yeah, your next birthday sorted. <laughs> so... All plants have just closed the biggest venture capital investment ever raised by a plant-based company. And I'm going to embarrass you and tell everyone that you've just closed a capital round of £800,000, which is absolutely incredible. So two years ago, you went vegan. A year ago, you started a vegan food business. And now you've just closed the biggest venture capital investment in history of its kind. That's not too shabby, Alex. Can you tell us a little about the funding process? Because I think it's an alien concept for a lot of people listening. And it's something that people are interested in. Wow, massive question. (laughs) In a nutshell. (laughs) So up until that point, it was just sort of growing slowly family and friends were funding it and then it got to the point where you were like no 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 so so okay so i i i experienced a bit of funding while i was at propercom um so the last kind of 12 to 18 months there we were working on funding so i learned a lot quite a bit about it and i've always been interested in it and and helped other people and my brother had done a bunch in the past as well so when we started all plants we started very early on talking to lots of different friends and family and advisors and people we've worked with before and just asking them for help and asking them if they've got any friends who uh, might be interested in this or or, or if their friends have any friends and yeah. I, that's kind Does of how anybody it all started. know anyone rich so it all started, <laughs> kind of yeah and and actually um my brother and i funded the first nine months eight months which is quite scary yeah um and we we were only able to do that because both of us saved a bunch of money um, mine from my time at propercore and my brother from previous consultancy gigs really that he'd done freelance and just really built it up a bit of cash on the side so we managed to do that and then we started meeting with all these friends and friends of friends and and whoever we, whoever wanted to hear i guess starting to talk about the round and, and it started off very very small and then it just kind of grew and grew and grew and and the cool thing is that we managed to it's, there's actually about 19 people invested and none of them is in a huge way so they're all kind of very well not totally evenly split but nicely split which means that they're really really great mentors they're really great for advice they've been just really encouraging and most of them are really well all of them are in it because they want to create positive change and that for us is the most important thing yeah did you ever have to do pitching to like a boardroom of scary people uh, well a lot of it ended up actually being uh we'd show them around our kitchens they and they'd we'd go for a coffee a lot kind of, of the best way a lot of stuff happen. yeah it's a lot more informal uh than uh, it can be a lot more informal than kind of is put out by the likes of dragon's den yeah <laughs> um, 
you know, you have to build trust. You have to have a really good, solid business plan. And that we did. We had a really good pitch deck, which we sent around to everyone, which I think, you know, really clearly outlined our vision and what we're doing today. And there was actually, there was one or two like fancy boardroom meetings, but um, they're fun. It challenges you. you. You know, you have to think on your feet and you get tested on what you're doing, which ultimately matters. It's important to be tested and it's important yeah. to almost accept, you know, the challenges of that. I think also those kind of things always seem way more scary in the abstract because you're like, I don't know what on earth I'd say, but if you're in it and it's what you're doing, you kind of do know what to say because you're doing it. Yeah, it's funny. You do know what to say. Yeah. You always know what to say. Um, <laughs> and if if you mess up, you just kind of, it's, they're, they're just people. Yeah, That's and it. you're just a person. They're just really helpful people that might, help you or might not and that's yeah. fine yeah that's so true that's a very good way of looking and we, yeah we actually had a number of people in the round who for whatever reason you know it was the wrong time for them or whatever and that's you've got to be totally cool with that and yeah just have, it's not personal no and have and have a list of uh what you're going to do yeah plan. yeah definitely okay moving on to the fifth desert island dish of the day what is the dish you eat the most often so this is this this sounds a bit lame Okay. I'm going to say pasta. I know. I was never lame in my book. King of pasta. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> that is a big claim. I wish. You know, I I I I wish I was Italian because then I could really claim that and really go for it. But I'm not okay. Italian. But right, I, so I what I makes you love, think this, Alex? I just I just first of all I love it. So if I love it, then that's you know putting love into the food and it tastes good. I don't know if I love it. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why I do it. Often. So do you make your own? Uh, I sometimes do, but more often than not, I mean, like just just getting the cook right, making an incredible <laughs> sauce, yep, and then just really feeling that moment when you have a really Ugh, awesome bowl of. There is like literally of, nothing better. Like, so, what oh. would be your like impressive go-to sauce? Or doesn't have to be impressive. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, with pasta, the, it's being impressive sometimes is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, it's sometimes true. it's about keeping it simple. Impressive so, was the wrong word. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I messed up. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I just think like lots of garlic, tomato, chili, and then just open the fridge door, see what you can chop and get into that. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's some mushrooms, some broccoli. Um, but if, as long as you get the base right, which is basically the oil, the garlic, onions, yeah. tomato, bit of chili, Whatever you add in, it just gives it a bit of richness. As long as you don't put too much, then it goes crazy. No, no, you don't want too much. And not that it necessarily matters. You say but... Parmesan, aren't you? No! Well, I mean, yeah. no, I wasn't. A bit of nutritional yeast, maybe? I actually don't. Oh. I'm not, nutritional yeast, yeah, we, we, you know, I use it in some things, but I just, I not don't a huge you need it. Well, I don't, no. I, I, just pref- I just don't really... Yeah. I was actually going to say, what shape pasta are you a fan of? Is it spaghetti or penne or macaroni? I think spaghetti is my number one. Good answer. (laughs) Not that they're pulling it out, even just pulling it out of the of pan with some tongs and just like (laughs) checking if it's cooked, giving a little shake. I love it. I read that plans for all plants include an expanded offering of desserts, juices, snacks. Um, and obviously expanding the limits of the zero waste service, which all sounds really cool and very exciting. What is your five-year plan? Like, what do you see? Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you see for all plants in five years? So the most important thing to us is that whatever we're doing, we're, we're finding ways to make it really easy and, and delicious and, and possible for more people to try eating more plants. Yeah. And I guess we're going to learn about what exactly those ways are and we're going to try a lot of things. So... Yeah, that list is is true. They're all things that we're we're both developing and we're 100% capable of. And we're going to figure out as and when 
the right thing works. But yeah. ultimately, what I'm really excited about right now is like on top of our service as like a food delivery and, and, and producing really innovative, delicious dishes is like, how can we be more content rich and actually tell people a little bit more about why they might want to try it or if they do want to try it, giving them advice and things to read or recipes and stuff like that. And for me, that's kind of like part of the next stage as we build our community is just opening people's eyes a bit more because it's actually what I found most interesting after the kind of first six weeks of getting used to what I can and can't buy was like, whoa, there's loads of things I wouldn't normally cook here. And I've suddenly from now I've developed a whole new way of cooking, which isn't like the standard meat and a couple of some veg and maybe a carb or whatever, but it feels for me way more wholesome. (laughs) That might be the mystic in me, but that it kind of, it's opened my eyes to a lot of new ways of cooking, basically. Yeah, which is really exciting. And I think you guys are really clever because the way that you do all of your messaging and none of it sounds preachy or sort of, I don't know, you just do it really well. I well I th- yeah, I think I think I, you agree with me that food is a really, you know, emotional thing. And we learn a lot about food at a young age and then we kind of forget about it and then we remember it again yeah. a little bit older, or at least that's what I did, I guess. And everyone's on their own journey everyone's kind of got their own bodies and are trying to work out how body mind fit together and how how they can get their energy up and for me and i'd really recommend trying it a plant-based diet has done all those things it's it's really opened my awareness and and it's given me a ton more energy and i'm obviously reducing my impact to say your skin is glowing (laughs) so but but yeah it's not about preaching i think it's just about if more people get it and more people are inspired to try it then that's really cool yeah. Even if it's one day a week. Definitely. So moving on to your sixth desert island dish of the day, what is your go-to dinner party dish? Mm. Okay, so I really love aubergines. Mm. Um, you weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> I really love aubergines. And, Nothing and so, surprises me so dinner, dinner party, kind of got to do uh, starter, main course and dessert, like always. Yeah. So, I actually like to kick off with like an aubergine volcano. So it's, it's basically just like a really, really soft roasted aubergine and then open the top a little bit and make like a really beautiful cashew cream come out of the top. <laughs> um, oh my God, I love this. Sound. Wait, so everyone gets their own Yeah, everyone gets volcano. their own aubergine volcano. So you just cut off the bottom so that it's so that, on so the So you tray. half them, yeah, okay. half them, literally leave them standing yeah. roast, bit of salt, bit of oil, and then like just cut the top as, as like a cross on the yep. top. Nutribullet, cashew cream, maybe make some kind of like like parsley, vinegary, green thing to yeah. go on top and yep. then drizzle that on. And maybe some pomegranates or something like that. Yes. A bit of crunch. Yes. So that's that that for me. I like, love is the a sound really... of that. I think I'm gonna have to try making <laughs> yeah. that. That's that's a delicious little one to start with. And then I've recently been making quite a lot of Buddha bowls. So I, I choose to kind of make some coli rice maybe kind of fry that with some some onions and courgettes and loads and loads of garlic. I like making that quite garlicky. And then do it with some mushrooms, uh, get some kind of sweet potatoes roasted, put that in there, uh, like steam some kind of uh, asparagus on the top. And then actually last night I made like a broccoli pesto. So it wasn't a pesto, what do you, like a, like a broccoli sauce. So it was, yeah. it was a whole head of broccoli, a whole tin of uh, black-eyed beans, um, and then I think it was just some, some oil and a little, oh, lemons, loads of lemons. Mm. Um, well, so and you just whiz all of that together. So whiz all that together. Um, um and that kind of s- sauce it on top. 
and leave it a little dipping side as well. (laughs) So so, yeah, maybe some salad leaves. So then that's just like a really wholesome bowl. So you started off with the explosion. Yeah. Then you're making them feel they're (laughs) nourished. They've got all the rich kind of uh, goodness they need. And then you finish off with some kind of like caramelly, chocolatey, brownie thing. Yum. And maybe one of my friends makes really, really nice ice cream. I sometimes turn to her to make me some kind of like, she she makes, it's called black milk. Um, She makes like just the craziest flavors, like Mm. miso and miso and caramel. Like is that, um, what's the base of it? Coconut. Coconut. What's the secret to a great vegan caramel? What's the secret to a non-vegan caramel? Um... Well, is you just using non-vegan? You're just using vegan butter. Well, it's just vegan butter. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. You're not doing like the date thing. No, no, no. Okay, okay. you can do that. Yeah. But I think for this, I wouldn't do that. Like, got I, pants. I was like, what's she oh talking God, about? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. With, with, with like, yeah, I, I'd often put dates in the brownies, but to make the caramel, I just keep it simple. Yeah, I guess that's just like a I, sticky. I kind of it. most of the time, it, there are easy switches for vegan. Yeah, yeah. I think people ignore vegan butter. Yeah, I mean, I, I often use like coconut butter. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds delicious. Please can I come to one of your dinner parties? <laughs> so as a man in the know with, I feel like, his finger on the pulse, where are the best vegan restaurants that we should all be going to or knowing about? In London. Yeah. Well, well, well we're actually in the car right now. <laughs> um, and we're about a 30 second walk from uh, one of London's first cafes to kind of like go from being a really popular cafe serving every kind of food to suddenly overnight or over a week period they switched it vegan oh wow i didn't realize that yeah it's beautiful um it's called the fields beneath it's by kentish town west lovely guy called gavin runs it and they're actually about to get a new new location in camden so they're about to do a kickstarter for that so watch out they make amazing stuff from like all kinds of croissants almond chocolate whatever they make cakes they make whatever so they're amazing beautiful like sandwiches vegan you really don't miss out it's totally yeah it's totally fine and then and then other places so there's there's lots of like street food like spice box club mexicana so that's like an indian thing spice box club mexicana is in mexican obviously yeah um that was really stupid <laughs> um and then places like ethos where you can you know ethos is near oxford circus um yeah. you fill your plate up with tons of goodness and then you weigh it to pay it um, i always find that a bit scary i know i, I always <laughs> obviously like lose like a million pounds later. yeah exactly um i think i heard an interview where you talked about a Michelin star vegan restaurant. Did I make that up? Or a Michelin star restaurant that did there is... a vegan menu? Yeah. Is it Michelin star? I'm not sure it's Michelin star. Is it not? I might have made that up. It might be. I mean, there is one. There's Vanilla Black in London. Okay. So Vanilla Black is. Um, and they're great. They, they, um, they actually were bringing loads of little samples around to our stand at Taste of London this year. Ooh, um, which was awesome. Just filled yeah. us up the whole time. <laughs> But the one I, I think I know which one you're talking about is this French restaurant in Soho. The name escapes me right now, but they they won kind of like the best vegan menu of the UK last year. It's like a tasting menu, like a seven course tasting menu. Yes, um, yeah, that's the one. But oh, oh, interesting. I mean, if I was a restaurant reviewer, yeah, okay. I would give it three. Oh, okay, oh, three stars. Okay. Three out of five. Oh. Three out of five. Guys, you raised three out, three out of five. <laughs> three out of um, five. Okay, well, that's something to take on board. Alex, I can't believe it, but we're on to the last desert island dish of the day. And that is the last dish you would choose to eat before we cast you off to the desert island. What are you going to pick? So one thing like, with, with, with kind of like eating a plant-based diet, you still desire concepts. You might not like, you might not want the meat in a burger, but 
just the idea of having a juicy handheld burger yeah. is something something you often miss. And there are, there are a bunch doing it in London, but I'm really excited about Impossible Foods. Oh my goodness. And I haven't, for whatever reason, I haven't been able to get out to America yet uh, to try them. I've tried Beyond Meats and they're great, but Impossible, they've just sold me on the marketing. And I just love the way they think about meat, which is, look, meat is is just a concept. It's a series of tastes, a series of kind of uh, nutrients, and it, we can recreate that. And we can recreate it by understanding how the brain interprets, like the smell, the the visual look, the bite, the tear, the the kind of bloodiness, and then all the nutritional value. So clever. And they, they're doing it with just plants. And it's awesome. And I really, really, really want to try it and can't wait to. Okay, yeah, that's a great desert island dish. You can have that. And finally, you're allowed one luxury item. What are you going to take with you? Can it be a person? No. Oh, oh, oh. I would take a piano. Okay. Are you good or would you be learning? No, I love I love playing piano. It's like my, I do it, you know, at least three times a week and I write a lot of music as well. So yeah, I, I definitely would take a piano with me and just spend my days yep. get, becoming a <laughs> Writing serious Writing the next pro. album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex, for letting us hear Thank you. Island Dishes. I hope you enjoyed that. How great does that birthday party he threw sound with the Piadinas? They sound so good. I just can't believe I haven't heard of them before. Slightly embarrassing. Also, that aubergine volcano sounds intriguing. And so does the sound of his avocado marmite sandwich. Sounds so weird that it could just work. And if Alex says it's good, then I'm going to trust him. As always, thank you so much for listening and subscribing. If you haven't already, what are you waiting for? (laughs) And I will see you next week. Bye.